You want more than just the headlines? Find out what's going on and what it means with me, Dennis Prager, this morning at 11, right here on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy, and a uh, big story today, uh, Michael Avenatti arrested for alleged domestic violence, uh, and uh, now he denies that he struck this woman in question, and uh, unlike the left, we're going to go ahead and uh, give him the presumption of innocence, and uh, also uh, suggest that um, he oh, yeah. receive due process. Okay. And Absolutely. as we have been all morning, and we're also going to make fun of him uh, because he is an object of ridicule, there's no question, and continue to encourage him to push on with his 2020 presidential campaign, just as we would other feminists that are considering running like Hillary Clinton. Well, it, this happened apparently on Tuesday night, and TMZ, which they have pretty great sources inside the LAPD, said that it happened, yeah, Tuesday night, and that their, her face was swollen and bruised with red marks on both cheeks. Apparently this happened in uh, an apartment at Century City area of L.A. He, they got in a fight Tuesday night, allegedly. He kicked her out of the apartment, said, get out your stuff. She returned Wednesday, was crying on her cell phone with dark glasses on outside, and the security of the building took her inside, and they escorted her upstairs to get her things, and that's when they said Michael showed up, ran into the building, and he screamed, she hit me first, uh-huh. and that this is blank, blank, this is blank, blank. And that's when LAPD came. They talked to him in the lobby of the apartment for five to ten minutes, then took him into custody. Yeah, she hit me first. Uh, the uh, uh, absolution, the uh, ultimate defense that you normally get from second graders, which implies that you hit her. Uh, so, okay. But uh, still. But that's just, still, you know, we're, a source from TMZ, from the LAPD. We're awaiting comment uh, from Don Lemon. He has not yet called for President Trump to pardon oh, Michael Avenatti including of his uh, problems with the IRS and Department of Justice. But we will update uh, any calls for clemency as uh, CNN issues them. I mean, it's just karma. It's like what goes around comes around. uh, It's karma if you're a scumbag. For uh, more on this conversation and others, we're pleased to be joined again by our friend Andrew Clavin, celebrated Hollywood screenwriter, podcaster, Another Kingdom, which is in season two. And uh, also a screenwriter for the uh, new Gosnell movie, Gosnell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer, which you should check out if you haven't already. Andrew, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Oh, it's always good to be here. Thanks. Uh, So, uh, Michael Avenatti, um, one step closer to the Democrat nomination? I think I think she hit me first should be his campaign slogan. <laughs> signs made up now. You know, 2020, she hit me first. You know, yeah. you don't you don't like to make jokes about domestic violence, obviously, but that's not the joke. The joke is the jokes are kind of writing themselves at this point. You know, it really does it really does say something. I mean, the irony is so thick it's almost mm-hmm. redundant to point to it. But this is a guy who is on CNN an uncountable number of times brought on again and again. They referred to him as the hero of the story of Stormy Daniels at one point. And, you know, the, the Stormy Daniels story, the story about Brett Kavanaugh being charged, were all being sold to us on the idea that you must believe a woman when she says she's been abused. And, of course, there is, there is no constituency in the United States of America that is pro-abuse of women. I mean, this is the big lie of the right. left. They're always arguing with positions that don't actually exist. There's nobody in the Republican Party, nobody anywhere of goodwill who thinks, oh, yeah, you know, that's a good idea, abusing women. 
But due process is an important thing because anybody can be accused of anything. And people are accused of anything by men and women all the time. And people call employers, potential employers, and slander people. It doesn't have to just be in a court of law. We all have to give each other the benefit of the doubt. So to give the benefit of the doubt to Michael Alcanati is, in fact, to make fun of him because he right. is the guy who's been on TV this uncountable number of times telling us, no, the benefit of the doubt is the worst possible thing you could do. You must listen to any woman who says she's abused. And it's the point you make about Don Lemon is the point because – Avenatti doesn't exist if they don't have him on. If Stephen Colbert doesn't put him on late-night television, he doesn't exist as the figure that he is. He doesn't exist as a guy who could seriously at one point be talking about running in 2020 such that when I scoffed at that, people yelled at me. They said, no, no, this is a serious thing. This is a, a real thing that's, that well, could it's happen. Well, it's a great matchup. I, I, hashtag I'm with her versus hashtag she hit me first. I, I like it. Well, when he, yeah, when yeah. he got out of prison, he said, you know, I'm the father of two beautiful, smart daughters, and I would never disrespect them by touching a woman or striking a woman. Do you think, I mean, do you bring up the kids and all of this? What's, what's his play there? He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a sleazy attorney who will bring up anything to make a case. I mean, that's just basically who he is, and that's just judging him from watching him on TV. You know, there's a, there is another thing here, another point of interest. You know, uh, Tucker Carlson's daughter, allegedly, uh, Tucker Carlson says his 19-year-old daughter was accosted in a country club by a middle-aged man who used, uh, you know, unrepeatable language to her when he found out that this 19-year-old girl's father was Tucker Carlson. So here's here's a a grown-up man screaming obscenities at a 19-year-old girl because of what her father does for a living. Absolutely unforgivable if true. And now it turns out that this guy is part of a, he's on the board of directors of a women's mental health group called the Women's Initiative. And yeah, I mean, this points to the fact that Harvey Weinstein was also a big voice uh, for women, that a, a lot of these guys who have been called out, you know, not on the minor charges of the Me Too movement of people who maybe behave badly at work, but on serious, serious charges. Any number of them have been very outspoken, pro-feminist men. And that points to something to me. That points to something that I've been kind of arguing with people about for a long time, which is that feminism has managed to sell itself as a synonym for good for women, something that is good for women, such that when women who are not I don't actually agree with what mainstream feminism represents, which is an anti-male, uh, anti-free market ideology when they don't they still uh, phrase themselves as, they still describe themselves as feminists they'll say well I'm a feminist but I don't stand with those people and I think it's about time we dump this word I think we, it's about time we dump this word what women benefit from is classical liberalism what women benefit from is being included in the words of the declaration and the constitution that's what they benefit from they benefit from free markets and from free minds because why? Because that's what human beings benefit from. Right. You know, human beings benefit from freedom. They benefit from being free, from free markets, from being able to start businesses or stay home or whatever they want to do that they can afford to do. And all this stuff about feminism, it turns out, it seems to me, has been a mask for something else, which is socialism, which traditionally has reduced women to basically second-rate men. It has reduced, it has said to women that you have no femininity, you have no special role uh, as, as mothers and the creators of life, you have no special role as homemakers, and we, we don't value that. All we value is your service to the state. 
And I think that, you know, this, this abuse of women that comes out of the feminist left, almost not, not exclusively because there are always bad men everywhere, but like it, but it comes so strongly out of the feminist left. I think people should look at that. They should question that in a, in a bigger way. I think this Avenatti who put himself forward as the champion of oppressed women, if in fact he's beating some woman up, I think we should look at that. I think we should ask ourselves why that keeps happening. Well, it, 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 in addition to that, with respect to the feminist left, the reality is um, they've prostituted themselves. And this is a point that Thomas Frank actually made uh, in the, uh, the throes of the Harvey Weinstein revelations. Thomas Frank, the author of What's the Matter with Kansas, a man of the left, mm-hmm. said you know, people like Harvey Weinstein and so many men on the left uh, support these movements or these organizations as a way to uh, garner license to behave like cretins, to behave like barbarians. I paid for this indulgence, so now I can treat women horribly because I sent in a contribution to now or Planned Parenthood. That's the thinking. And and the feminists sold out to protect Bill Clinton and then to protect Hillary Clinton. If Hillary Clinton had been elected president, there would be no Me Too movement because they'd still be protecting Bill, and, they'd, and in protecting Bill, they'd be protecting Hillary for her role in bullying women into silence to protect her husband and protect her own uh, you know, ambitions toward power. And so the, the feminist left has actually, it, it has literally prostituted itself to save uh, political points of view. You know, it's not, it's not a social movement. It's totally a political movement, and it's totally a left-wing political movement. You know, you mentioned the film I wrote, Gosnell, which is about a, this, you know, evil abortionist murder. All his victims were women. You know, his victims were women, and, and though he himself was a black man, his victims were black women. He treated the white women who came into his practice far better. And so, and so the things that people say and the color of their skin, these are not the important things. You know, the important things are the, the structure of your beliefs. So, you know, I, I believe in being a gentleman. I think that's a better, more sound uh, footing to walk among the world and then to say I'm a feminist. You know, I, I, I just want to treat people well. I want them, people to do whatever it is they want that doesn't hurt other people. That's freedom. That's freedom. And that's all we should really be defending. In, in almost every question that comes up, the underlying, the underlying issue is will we have freedom? And so I think when you talk about due process, when you talk about the way women should be treated, you're always, always really talking about liberty. And I think if people on the right were smarter, uh, conservatives were smarter culturally, they would bring the question back to that because almost everybody, especially the young, uh, are in favor of liberty. Uh, how is the uh, Gosnell movie right. doing? I know it uh, was sort of surprise, uh, cracked the top ten its first weekend that it opened, despite not being in a lot of uh, theaters and places and, like Chicago. Yeah. You have to go out to the suburbs, and so just curious how it's going. Well, it's, it's gone very well for what it was, a minor independent release. It's gone ex- uh, extremely well. It has been, speaking of irony, it has been ironic to watch the media ignore it as they ignored the original case, right. uh, because that speaks to really what the issue is. Gosnell was a you know a murderer. He killed. He delivered babies and then killed them. Yeah. And we we wrote this story, created the story, so it wouldn't be a grisly, horrible, gory story. But the only time they've covered it is to call it grisly or gory, so that people <laughs> would stay away. And, um, well, is it going to be out on pay-per-view soon? Or are we going to have the freedom to be able to purchase it? Pay-per-view? It? How old are pay-per-view? you? Well, we call I it streaming <laughs> services now. What do you pay-per-view? On it's, TV? It's, I, I believe it's going to stream. I'm not sure. I think they have Netflix. It's going to stream, and it will be on DVD. It'll have all, all those releases. 
Uh, it's interesting, too, because uh, now with Democrats taking over the House, the uh, opportunity to, pl- to defund Planned Parenthood seems to be by the boards. And Planned Parenthood is looking ahead, it seems my understanding, uh, to a post-Roe v. Wade world uh, if President Trump gets another appointment or two to the Supreme Court. And they're really investing in, frankly, abortion mill infrastructure in abortion-friendly states like Illinois. This is sort of their battle plan is to focus on states where they can really dominate so that, and, and, and also, frankly, uh, build a, a, a infrastructure to bring other women to these regional uh, strongholds, if you will. I mean, it's really interesting uh, what I hear, what I understand to be going on from Planned Parenthood, uh, uh, sort of planning for the contingency of Roe v. Wade being overturned and returned to the states. Yeah, I mean, this is, look, from, from my point of view, as somebody who strongly opposes abortion, this is what, when I think it was John F. Kennedy describing the Cold War, he called it a long twilight struggle. That, that's what this is. I mean, the Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade is an atrocity, not because of what it permits, but because of what it forbids. It forbids us to make our own laws in our own states about a, very, a, a subject that's very important to all of us, a, a, an important moral issue. It was... They, the Supreme Court took away our right to debate it. It took away our right to make our own decisions in our own lo- localities. I would be satisfied to have that power back. That is the power of democracy. That's the power of our republic. That's the power of our, our federal system, that we can make those laws in each of our states. I'm less worried about what laws get made than I am about the fact that we can debate th- these things openly again in, a, uh, in an effective manner. Because once we get the debate back, once we get the right to debate back, which the Supreme Court deprived us of, we can, we'll win that debate. It's going to be a long time. It is a, this is a deep sickness that has taken over our society, the idea that sex is just a kind of uh, you know, pastime and its consequences can be removed by removing the results from a woman's body. That, that's a deeply sick philosophy that we have bought into for our convenience and for our sexual pleasure. And I think we can win over time as the science becomes more developed, as we can see more inside the womb, as we can test more. I think we will win that, but it's going to be a long struggle. I I just want that struggle to begin in freedom, and I think that does require repealing Roe v. Wade. And uh, I'm I'm happy to take on Planned Parenthood and everybody else uh, because I think we'll win over time. He is Andrew Clavin. He is a podcaster. Another Kingdom is his podcast in season two. Hollywood screenwriter, bunch of uh, great movies including true crime and the new movie gosnell the trial of america's biggest serial killer look for it in a theater near you or on pay-per-view Sorry, as amy well, would say I'm, I'm an and make sure like, to see it andrew clavin thanks for joining us appreciate it always a pleasure thanks and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line it's like a hot steaming cup of information to start your day it's chicago's morning answer on am 560 the answer